0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast brought to you with the awesome guys at Coan. Um, So, I'm back with Brett to record the third podcast in our series of how to implement OKRs faster, cheaper, better, and easier. Uh, Thanks for joining us again, Brett.
1: I'm happy to be here.
0: Fantastic. So, sorry, everybody, that it's been two or three weeks since we managed to get the last one of these out, but. as I'm sure you can understand with coronavirus affecting the world and then I was poorly for a week and um, almost getting stuck in New Zealand because of coronavirus. We, we had to put some delays in place to getting this last one recorded. Um, but really happy to be here doing it now and it's going to be another awesome episode. Hope everybody out there is uh, safe and sound and looking after yourselves. So as I said, we've been talking really about BJ Fogg's model that Brett's introduced us to, um, and how we can use this to make our our OKR implementation and embedding a whole lot more awesome, basically, and a whole lot more efficient. So, Brett, what would be great is if you could just give everybody a a nice short summary of what we've talked about so far in the first couple of episodes.
1: Sure. Um, BJ Fogg's model is about behavior change, and many people think that uh, a lot of the roots of OKRs are in behavior change. I'm not sure that's the case because OKRs are just encapsulating what we already do in organizations, you know, strategy, activities, priorities, and so forth. But nonetheless, we still need to help employees on this journey. And basically, BJ's model has two dimensions to it. On the horizontal axis, think of ability, you know, from the left being low ability, to the right, a high ability. So this is ability to uh, convert your, inform- your business into facts and data, being able to manage with facts and data, your ability to have those risk-free conversations. And the um, vertical axis is motivation. You know, how motivated is the organization in total or, or any employee to take this journey? So in the bottom left corner where you've got low motivation and low ability, that's really tough to move in that direction. So in the OKR world, you know, low ability, again, is, is not a culture of numeracy, is not a ability to think of your processes in a logical fashion. And low motivation could be caused by measures being used to reprimand uh, maybe uh, difficult times for the business and so forth. In the top right corner high motivation high ability that's you know high function organizations that have the skills and technology and high motivation they've got an interest in performing better and executing strategy so that's the standard model and then there's this curve that goes from the the top left to the bottom right right high you know in the top left you've got high motivation and low ability and in the bottom right you've got low motivation but high ability and that line typically is a bit of a concave curve that talks about the likelihood of success so what that means is anything below that curve to the bottom left towards low motivation low ability it's going to take a huge amount of effort for you to make that change happen for okrs to be successful sure and if you're in the top right corner where the organization's highly motivated and has a high ability, it becomes super easy to put OKRs in. And so the debate today is about what we call prompts. Prompts are things that can move an organization towards action. And again, the model here is the lower the ability and the lower the motivation, the more effort or prompts you need to put in. And therefore, the more difficult it is to put OKRs in. So that's the sort of context for today's conversation.
0: Right. Okay. So I think that makes sort of sense to me. Hopefully everyone's got that, that curve pictured in their head. Um, it sounds to me then like this is going to be pretty similar to what we talked about in terms of, of motivators. There are going to be internal and external prompts, Right.
1: Yeah, there are, and ignoring whether they're internal or external. Internal, obviously, they come from within your soul. External, you know, some outside force. There really are. I'm going to say four types of prompts, okay. and uh, you know, we make up words here. So uh, the words I'm making up is a spark is a prompt where you have the ability but no motivation. So the example there is, I don't know, uh, going to the dentist, right? You, you have the ability to go to the dentist, but not a lot of motivation. So uh, the spark might be something as simple as you know, committing to the date and the previous time you see the dentist and having it in your day timer and a, a reminder pops up. Okay, understood. Second, facilitator. Facilitator prompts are ones where you're highly motivated, but you lack the ability. So, I, I don't know, think of playing a sport or gymnastics or something. You might be super motivated to play the sport, but you just don't have the skill set. And so, the uh, like facilitation me. prompt is sort of educational and helps you figure out how to execute on that dream, the motivation. Okay.
0: So, can you give us an example of one of those?
1: Well, uh, you know, beyond the sport example, uh, inside an organization, let's say you want to, uh, you've got the desire to put in OKRs. You understand how it's going to help the organization perform better, keep, keep people aligned, help you become more productive, uh, m- more motivated, and so on. But you don't actually know how to build an objective, or you don't know how to find a key result, right. or you don't know how to calculate the results of that key result and if high values are good or bad so Mm -hmm. I've got the motivation but I lack the ability to actually take that next step and so through a facilitator that person based on their experience uh, and skill set should be able to help train you on the abilities the competencies you need to execute on that dream of building OKRs. Right okay understood. Uh, Third would be a signal prompt. So a signal prompt is something when you're both highly motivated and you have the ability you just need a little reminder to go get it done. And So a signal prompt could be uh, I don't know maybe just before your OKR report out every month you get a reminder that you need to do the analysis to go into the OKR tool. So I'm motivated to do it I have the ability I just need a, a quick reminder that of the different things I need to get done today, that's one of them. So I call that just a simple signal.
0: Yeah. Okay. I I, I think I get that one. That's just like uh, the on system that we use drops you a little uh, notification to fill in your reflection before you go to your check-in
1: on, on a Monday morning. Perfect. Right. Uh, and then finally, what I'm going to call powerful prompts, and it's sort of a, think of an AI type model. So uh, wouldn't it be interesting if we keep You know, in the um, OKR world that um, if your OKR tool is context aware, it would say, uh, gosh, Lawrence, you're uh, doing an outstanding in this objective, this other one uh, not as well. And there's this other objective that's not in your domain at all. It's way over in marketing or sales or somewhere. And it's also not performing well. And there's a correlation between that and the objective that you're slightly behind on. So maybe you should be meeting up with that person to have that conversation. Hmm. So powerful prompts, as I'm describing here, are often the role filled by the leader. Uh, The boss of the organization supposed to have that broad view of how the organization is performing and collate different performance events into a scenario and get the right people in the room to have the right conversation. But obviously we're getting to the point where uh, automated tools can do that for us. And I say, obviously, because if you think of your automobile, uh, gosh, there's so much data available to us. Uh, As you know, I'm in Canada. An issue here is it, the road can freeze before the air does. And so you think it's a nice day outside, but you could still have dangerous driving conditions. So the car will warn you that you have this event going on Mm. or warn you when you're coming to a bridge because the bridge doesn't have the warmth of the earth beneath it. So it will freeze before the road does. And so uh, based on Google Maps, it knows when you're coming up to a bridge and will warn you that you might be experiencing this because it's looking at the temperature, the road, the road ahead. And now that becomes a more powerful prompt as we're moving forward in our journey.
0: Okay, understood. So presumably then to start to get real traction with um, OKRs, we we need to be using these four different types of prompts in in, in different ways, but kind of harmoniously across the board?
1: Right. So things like uh, just signal prompts, as you said, uh, Cohen, you just have a time-based prompt that pops up uh, yeah. in advance of an event. Mm-hmm. The facilitator prompt uh, takes a bit of uh, insight to know when that is the appropriate thing that's necessary. You know, that said, if if you know that the organization doesn't have that that ability, then you know for sure you've got to go through those steps. Okay. The the spark, uh, you know, that's ability and no motivation. That's often where leadership plays a role right they're they're the ones that are trying to create that motivation, but definitely leadership is that powerful prompt right they're supposed to be integrating and understanding a systemic view of the organization so some of those earlier said about internal versus external it's difficult to um, uh, be that external powerful prompt or the internal powerful prompt. So it takes some awareness to pay attention to what's happening on the system. Mm. To phrase a different way, as leaders, we tend to operate in two modes in the business or on the business. So when we're in the business, that's when we're making a sales call or doing programming. Um, on the business is when we stop that program or sales call, and we try to make the business operate better. That's where the powerful prompts occur when you're working on the business as opposed to in the business. It strikes me as well, Brett, that that it certainly could be
0: possible um, at first as people are really just getting through the implementing the, the OCAR process. A lot of the things that are prompts you know like system reminders and all those different types of things um could quite easily be spark prompts because people people can get annoyed with them they can get fed up with them um and you know everyone has the ability to to quickly fill in their key results and things um or quickly write a quick summary of their week etc is this where the the powerful prompts as you called them perhaps need to come first so that motivation is built up to do those things by the leadership team before those those spark prompts start kicking off. Really,
1: well, let's come at that from the other direction. So that's, that's, the reason I like the spark word for this one is it, it does, unfortunately, remind me of like a cattle prod, right? So if you're mm-hmm. trying to uh, get a, a cow to move, um, you know they've got these you know prods that they use that put a spark and you know get the animal to move yeah. yeah the potency of that spark depends on the motivation in the organization so if i've got zero motivation the metaphor of the cow i probably need a bigger prompt but if i have a smaller one so here's the thing as organizations begin using okrs and people Get that self affirmation. They begin seeing, oh my gosh, look at that. I was able to accomplish that task. I didn't think I was able to. And the organization saw it, and I got recognition and acknowledgement about it. That becomes affirmation. And it, that's a, a self fulfilling that I now need a lower spark to get that employee to move forward. Mm-hmm. So for a spark to work, it has to sort of achieve, uh, it has to ca- pass three characteristics. One is it's got to be noticeable. So again, if I'm, not motivated to make it noticeable I need a higher ampage than if I am motivated. Secondly, I need to associate the prompt with the target behavior. So again, using my, my bad metaphor of the cattle problem, that you know the, the cow, the target behavior is for them to move and obviously the cattle prod does that because the cow wants to get away from that uncomfortable feeling. Yep. Um, that's probably not how we want to motivate employees. There's an expression I heard once that said uh, the carrot and whip are meant for the ass in the middle. So mm-hmm. if you're using prompts which are a whip or using prompts which are the carrot, in both cases I'm te- treating the employee as if they're the ass in the middle. Yeah. And we- you know, we've got a higher calling than that. So what we need to do is be more respectful with what these prompts are, but understand that whatever the prompt is, whether it's the lights flickering off or, you know, we've all been to the opera where they they ring those bells, that prompt gets us to do the target behavior. We need to be careful that we create the right prompts, not the carrot and web, to get the right behavior. And then thirdly, the prompt has to be fired at the right time. has to be fired when we're motivated and able to do that activity. So I want to take a branch off in that direction for a second. Uh, There really are, I'm going to say, two types of sparks in this case. Mm -hmm. Periodic events, like you've described, you know, every week I get that prompt. Yeah. And there's another set of prompts, which are what I'm going to call the fresh start effect. So New Year's resolutions, right? At the beginning of a period, we're more inspired and likely to achieve goals. So there's a bit of a trick there with OKRs where you do a quarterly refresh. Because now instead of having just one set of New Year's resolutions, I, I kind of cheat and I got four. But there is a definite psychological advantage to that restart every quarter. And that allows you to also reset those prompts. So you got to take advantage of, of that quarterly refresh to not only update your OKRs. Mm. Now, all of those only work if you find the right time to motivate. So, all of us have peaks and valleys in our motivation. If we take it offline, off work for a second, just think of uh, you know your daily life. Maybe you know you want to uh, get more in fit. Well, it's probably easier if you just get dressed straight in your running clothes and go off and do it than if you try to do that halfway through the day. But it might be easier again at the end of the day, maybe when you finish your business day to you know get a clear division between the work life and the home life, you come home, put on your sneakers and go for a run. So during the day, there are peaks and troughs, days when you're more highly motivated. The same thing happens with OKRs. There are periods during the quarter, during the month, during the week where the employees are more motivated and therefore uh, a lower spark or intensity is required to help get the desired behavior. So part of this is also timing the prompt or the spark around the employee cycle as opposed to the business cycle.
0: Yeah, I, I completely understand that because they're the ones who have got to do it at the end of the day, right?
1: Uh, well, it might not be the end of the day. Lawrence, I just told you it might be <laughs> first. Just Just kidding. But the idea is uh, the idea of OKRs are their ways for the employee to feel more connected with the organization, to understand Mm -hmm. the value of what they do, and to help them do better work.
0: So I love how Coan is designed with the team in mind. The team is really at the center of the system, and it's about Helping the team and the members of those teams, obviously, to really collaborate on how they work with OKRs. I mean, there's there's obviously full transparency across the system, which helps. And then the features that they have around feedback uh, and uh, being able to track uh, levels of confidence and so on and so forth around progress against OKRs. It's it's amazing. And it, because of that level of transparency, it builds accountability and fosters some great communication. So, yeah, I love how teams are just at the centre of uh, the system. With that in mind, can... Um, let me just make sure I get this the right way around. Can Spark prompts then become signal prompts after a while if, you know, the, the shared motivation becomes... Uh, Uh, reaches a certain point where actually you know okay before they were having to get sparked into it because um, you know yeah all right they understood that they had to do it but they didn't really want to they didn't have the motivation but you know like you say they now have that uh, shared understanding of the values and they're bought into the to the company's mission and purpose does the same prompt therefore now become a signal prompt rather than a spark
1: prompt? Um, In all cases yeah so you gave the story of a spark pump, uh, but prompt, but also think of a facilitator. So back to the fitness thing, maybe you really want to get in shape, but you just, you don't know how to use all that weight equipment and you look at the gym and you're just intimidated. So you get yourself a personal trainer. So you're motivated, but you lack the ability. The personal trainer is a facilitator that helps you learn how to use that equipment, feel good about yourself, figure out what a workout looks like. And eventually you become self-motivated. You see the change in your body. You, yeah. you feel more fit. Now I have both the motivation and the ability, and therefore I no longer need that date with my personal trainer. I can get it done myself. So, so, the facilitator so whether it's a spark out. or facilitator, the promised land is just getting the signal prompts.
0: Right. Absolutely get it. Yeah. Really, That really, really makes sense. And I think it's really important that people um, – actually recognize, especially senior leadership teams, because in my experience, they do have um, a tendency to presume that everybody is motivated by the same things and is bought in and will want to do this and want to do that because they understand the bigger picture. um, And aren't we all on this amazing mission? Um, But actually, some of these things might be spark prompts to people when they're signal prompts to the, the CEO and the founders of the company.
1: Um, yeah, so it's exactly.
0: Important, it's important to push people in this direction. I think.
1: Well, and you know, the corollary to that is, um, there—it's not homogeneous. The whole organization is not on the same spot of that that curve I described—that likelihood yeah. to succeed curve. Yeah. And so, some need a bigger prompt than others, and it's super important that you don't treat all teams, departments, parts of the organization the same when it comes to OKRs. Mm. What we've noticed, and this is a generalization, but the closer you are to the customer, the lower the prompt is you need. So if I'm trying to get a customer service team, um, a, a trouble ticket team, a sales team on OKRs, they typically don't need much of a prompt because they're highly motivated and very focused on their... Uh, on their numbers and their ability to achieve what the customer expects of them, mm. the farther you get away from that. So now we're talking senior leadership; it becomes uh, bigger prompts because it's not as clear if I'm in charge of marketing or I'm in charge of regulatory affairs or something. You know exactly, uh, you know where I where where that result fits. Here's the nut. Here's the challenge. Usually, when we come in to do O implementations, we're there under the sponsorship of the leadership team, yeah. and they're assuming the organization needs the same aggressive prompts that they need. Hmm. But that's not the case.
0: In yeah, he's on much cool. gentler hand. Kind of seems a bit perverse, but but you're right. It's that is often the case.
1: Yeah, it, and it's I'm just it's a cautionary word to the listeners that as they think about where they are in that curve it's also fun to think about where your boss's boss might be on that motivation ability and where your subordinates might be because you, you'll you'll quickly see that differential and you'll also see it location to location so uh, you know the location in brighton is going to be different than london going to be different than manchester it's yeah. super important that you're cognizant of the audience when you're considering what prompts are necessary to move forward in OKRs, mm.
0: yeah, yeah, I, I I completely agree. So I mean, just using your example there, then it, it strikes me possibly that you know these customer service teams are probably towards the the top left of this BJ Fog model. So um, you know, high motivation, but perhaps low ability, certainly according to the ability measures that we laid out to implement OKRs, um, and therefore need the facilitator prompts more, and 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 perhaps these um, slightly less motivated teams, whether uh, the other teams I tend to find with this are, are perhaps engineering and devs and things like that. Um, where the ability would be very very high for it they're used to working to these sorts of of methods already if you look at agile scrum etc um but perhaps not quite as much motivation they're going to be needing more of the spark prompts is that
1: right uh, that's right uh, and to layer it because you know it's our job to make things look more complicated than they are of course if they're lacking both if they're lacking both motivation and ability best practices say Solve the motivation issue first. So, uh, create an environment in the organization where they see OKRs to be a positive thing for the organization. And they understand how it's going to help the organization perform better, understand how it's going to help us perform better. And from there, we can move the ability curve. Mm-hmm. Now, talking about current events you know with covid-19 and the the dynamic and aggressive change in business that we've seen in the last you know 2 3 weeks motivation is clearly there right the organization has been forced you know we've moved from a 5% working at home workforce to over 60% working at home that impacts both the employee and how they feel connected to the organization how they know what they're supposed to do how they're supposed to work in teams And leadership, you know, how to get strategy out, how to cascade it, how to get that feedback. And so the motivation is clearly there, you know, OKRs are the right tool for both the employee and employer, but the organization might not have the ability. So in some cases, you can go from low motivation to high in an instant, in this case, a fortnight, but our ability hasn't moved an inch. Mm -hmm. So now we have to now. We've easily achieved the motivation side, but we need to move organizations along on the ability side quickly so that they can have that OKR success.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, on that note, then we have uh, we've we've waxed lyrical, Brett, for three episodes, about an hour and a half worth of content. Now, certainly on things that we. Definitely find interesting. Hopefully, the listeners do too. Um, we've talked about motivators, we've talked about ability, we've talked about prompts. But uh, the one thing we promise these guys is is we tell them how to use all this to make their OKRs faster, to make their OKRs cheaper, better, and easier. How can they pull all of this together? What what do they need to do now?
1: Um, I well, it, the careful, measured response is it depends. <laughs> so. Again, the I almost snuck out the how-to in my last paragraph. Yeah, you need to do a diagnostic of the organization. Right. Okay. Uh, I, I would I would say the following. What we have found works best is if you start off in some pilot area. Now, I don't care if the pilot area is the Brighton office or you know the white product uh, product group or um, a, you know IT or HR or you know some other department. We need an area to prove the validity of OKRs in the organization, because in terms of a prompt, the ability to to see success uh, is one of the most powerful prompts that's possible. In that that area, whether it's the, the, sorry?
0: Sorry, I was just going to ask, would you pick an area there that had high or low ability, or does it not matter?
1: Um, I would say that the criteria for picking the pilot are three. One is, it's got to be an area that's referenceable. There's no point in doing the Brighton office if, you know, no one actually has faith in what happens down there or it's different than their organization. Secondly, the leader has to be a spokesperson for OKRs because anyone else has a dog in the fight, they're going to be biased. But if, if someone who's running the Brighton office says we did it and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then third demonstrable benefits, which is slam dunk easy in the OKR world because that's, you know, what we do. So, I don't care where you are in the motivation or the ability uh, stage because it's not illustrative of the rest of the organization and neither one is a predictor of success. In all instances, you need to assess the motivation. So that now the prescription, step one, assess both the motivation and the ability. So you know, on that matrix where you're at. Right. And, uh, if you're, you know, below the threshold of sustainability on motivation, then again step two would be work on building the motivation Mm. if you're low on ability then you need to build the ability and you can do both at the same time so uh, a common approach to okrs is doing them in a workshop environment in that workshop environment you do a little bit of training so you you move the ability along the curve a bit and then you get people to go off and do it. Now they're motivated, they're going and doing it, they're, they get the self-affirmation, they see the success, and it builds on itself. Then you teach them a little bit more on the ability side, they're a little bit more motivated. So you kind of move on both axis, you know, one step at a time, yeah. until you move it along. And then the there's, um, I'm gonna call it a gestation period. If you take too long in building your OKRs, the energy peters out. And typically, we want to see OKR is built in a node of the organization, I'm going to say inside of a week. So you begin on Monday, you're done by Friday. What that means is you create a whole bunch of momentum, and you push the organization up to that top right corner of high motivation, high ability, and self-affirmation inside of a short period of time. If it drags out, let's say instead of doing it in five days, you do it in five weeks what happens is you lose the motivation, you lose the momentum. And so every time you get back together, you've got to take a step or two backwards before you can go a step or two forwards. And if that continues, then you make no progress because every time I take a step forward, I have to take a step back and it doesn't happen. So what I said before is a prompt is inserting energy into the system. The idea of moving an organization from low motivation, low ability to the opposite, high motivation, high ability, in a short period of time means I don't need to insert that much energy. If I make it over a five month period, I have to insert a whole bunch more energy to keep that system going. Mm -hmm. So there are tricks you can do to move up this curve. uh, But the most important trick is be cognizant of the motivation and the ability. Literally every day. Yeah. Even you know, on day two, if your employees have gone home at the end of day one and events have occurred, they might lose some motivation. You gotta insert that back in before you can take the next step.
0: And that's so so just you- be aware of these two elements. And that's so you can set the right prompt strategy moving forward.
1: That's correct. Right. That's correct.
0: And and, and that's how, how our listeners are gonna do it then, eh? That's how they're gonna make their okay faster, cheaper, better, and easier.
1: Yes, and you know, part of the trick there is the faster part, as I've said. Right, the faster you do it, the more you leverage off the motivation and ability that you build, and therefore it's cheaper. I don't have to keep inserting more prompts in it, Mm. and because you're transferring these skill sets in the organization, they end up being better. So faster, better, cheaper.
0: Fantastic. Brett, that has been a really awesome little mini series inspired by, by your fantastic article um, about BJ Fogg's behavior model, which, which I will put a link to in this, um, in this podcast description so the listeners can find it. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, again, it's, it's always brilliant chatting to you.
1: Well, I'm pleased and I hope that uh, what we've talked about here helps your listeners through some of these uh, turbulent times.
0: I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will, um, and and there will be more content coming for for how to navigate your way through these turbulent times, as Brett says as well. So so do look out for that, guys. Um, there'll be some stuff in our archive and some stuff coming up after this is released. But but yeah, just stay safe, stay fit, stay healthy. Um, just one one favour to ask from me, which would be amazing if you wouldn't mind all all doing it, would be to. Go on to whatever platform that you use to re- to listen to your podcasts and, and leave us a a, a nice review. Um, the one thing that we've not got many of at the moment are our reviews on our podcasts, and it'd be awesome to see those start start climbing up. Um, so yeah, and as always, if you have anybody that you want to hear from, please let us know. Or if you've got any comments, just use the hashtag Giant Talk on LinkedIn or Twitter, and and we'll get back to you. Um, but as ever, thanks for listening. That was another episode of Giant Talk.